Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hello, friends. It is lovely to be with you all today. And we are in the midst of a sermon series that started last week called Don't Forget to Remember. And if you were with us last week, we talked about what it looks like to remember who God is and what God has done for us in the past, such that we can be mindful that the same God who is at work in the past is also our God who is at work now and in the present. Um, this week, we are going to be kind of zoning in on or focusing in on remembering not just what God has done, but actually who God is. And we're going to be looking at who the psalmist says that God is as, you know, we could say so many different things about who God is and what it looks like to remember or be mindful of who our God is. But we're going to be kind of focusing in on Psalm 121. So if you happen to have a Bible where you are and want to open it up, we are going to spend most of our time just walking through the Psalm together. Um, you will notice pretty quickly that the answer that the psalmist gives for who our God is are kind of three big things. The maker of heaven and earth, our God is who our help comes from, and our God is the one who keeps and watches over all of us in all times and in all places. We're going to spend most of our time today there in that psalm, and the question that I would like to consider for all of us is the question that comes out of verse one. From where will my help come? From where will my help come? And now we will get to unpacking the psalm in a moment. But first, I just wanted us to sit with that initial question that the psalmist asks. When I first asked myself this question, my immediate response was to try to rack my brain to think about what kind of help I regularly need or the kind of help that I regularly seek out. And y'all, I was struggling to come up with an answer at first. And I kind of turned to my husband next to me and I said, like, what do I often turn to for help? Um, and he, instead of answering like me and not being able to come up with anything immediately, he had an answer and he just looked at me and he said, me, you turn to me for help. I'm the one that you always ask things for, which is super accurate. I mean, I should have thought of that pretty immediately. Adam is a walking encyclopedia. Like he just knows the answers to so many things like his brain. I don't understand how it works. Um, I've talked before about how he just like is a human GPS and it is pretty incredible to me. But he is somebody that like regularly, I mean, since he was 
little, little has been tinkering with things, trying to take things apart, put them back together and see how it all kind of works and fits together. Uh, in fact, his grandma loves to tell me whenever I go over to her house, like to pick up an item from the house. Sometimes it's like a lamp or a toy or something random. And will tell me like how Adam has taken it apart and put it back together over the years. And the question for me is always like, did the thing get better after Adam tinkered with it or does it no longer work because Adam tinkered with it? Most of the time, he has a pretty good track record, but sometimes there are times that it got worse for sure. Um, and recently we, I guess not so recently at this point, but at the beginning of the year, we moved into a new house and it kind of needed a lot of work. And so we've spent much of the last eight or nine months kind of renovating and doing things like that. Um, we've gutted bathrooms, subsequently had to hang drywall and had to rewire fans and install fans and new, um, electrical things all throughout the house. We've learned how to install gutters at the back of the house because for some reason our house didn't have gutters. And like, it just astounded me how throughout that whole process, Adam just like learned how to do things. Like it wasn't, uh, oh, we need to call an electrician. It's like, oh, um, I'll watch some YouTube videos and then we'll call Uncle Eddie and he can supervise me doing this thing. Like it was wild to me. I don't, I don't understand. I wish my brain worked that way. But regularly I wish that I was like as good at problem solving as Adam is. Like he just is so good at helping figure things out in random kinds of ways. So whenever I find myself in a situation where I need help, he's usually my first call. And if he doesn't know how to do it, doesn't know how to fix it, then like chances are pretty good that either it can't be fixed, it's too expensive, or we just need to like watch some longer YouTube videos and he'll figure it out pretty quickly. So as I've continued to kind of ask myself like, all right, like, where does my help come from other than Adam for things like projects or physically doing things? Like, in what other ways or spaces or avenues do I seek help? And I've realized, like, there are a lot of ways that I seek help in ways that I might not necessarily ordinarily frame up as these things are helping me. But help, I find, in things like caffeine that wakes me up in the morning and keeps me awake, especially in kind of a slump time in the afternoon. Um, I seek help from TV to wind down at the end of the day. I seek help from Google to answer all of my random questions that Adam can't answer. Um, from like, what recipe should I use for the dinner that I'm going to make and looking up different kinds of recipes to kind of pull something together from that. Um, to asking Google, you know, how can I get my puppy to stop biting me? And my favorite question that I have been asking Siri lately is, do I need shorts today or do I need to wear a winter coat this morning? Like it just, I feel like we're in this weird season that always happens in fall where I'm like, what season are we in? What do I need to do right now? And it is wild friends, just like how many answers we have at our fingertips, how many answers we have from just being able to give something a goog to being able to look something up on our GPS, on our phones or whatever it is, we just have ready answers in a way that I think I honestly might have struggled to figure out like where I often find myself needing help because so often I will identify a need and then immediately be able to answer it by just Googling it or asking somebody. And it just has made it really easy for me to feel like, you know, I, I rarely need help. But in fact, that is not at all the case. Very, very far from true. Uh, but this week I have been asking myself, what would it look like if I trusted God 
to fix things or to give me help in the same kind of way, in the same kind of confidence that I have in Adam or in Google that when I ask them for help, that they will help me and help fix all of the problems that I'm dealing with. What would it look like to have that same kind of confidence in asking our God for help? Um, friends, we are not the first people that have wondered where our help will come from. We're going to turn now to Psalm 121. So if you did want to read through the scripture with us as we go on, you are welcome to open up your Bibles. And we're going to slowly walk through it. But we're going to start in verse 1, which it begins with a question in the very first verse, where it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? Again, this question that we've already, already been sitting with. But before I go any further, I think it is important to understand what the psalmist meant at the very beginning of that, um, when they say they lift their eyes to the hills. I've always thought of this line as like lifting my eyes up to the hills, lifting my eyes up to God or to the mountains, to the kind of majestic types of things. But uh, Eugene Peterson wrote a book kind of talking about different psalms. And one of the kind of ways in which he unpacks this psalm is by saying that during this psalm, the time that it was written, the time that it would have been sung, that Palestine would have been overrun with popular like pagan worship. And much of the religion, kind of like pagan worship, would have happened on the hilltops. And so when the psalmist is saying, I lift my eyes to the hills, it's literally saying, like, I lift my eyes to other gods and to ask where my help will come from as I look at these other gods. We see kind of a turn towards an answer in verse 2, um, where the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord kind of naming like not just any random God, but our God, the Lord, and then kind of continues to specify the one who made heaven and earth. And from here, if you are um, somebody who has spent a lot of time on Twitter and has kind of unpacked subtweets of people that are tweeting at somebody else, but without necessarily like fully calling them out, though everyone just kind of knows what's happening, like that's what's happening in the rest of this psalm. Like just an entire subtweet directed at pagan worship on the hills and kind of providing an answer to us, kind of the audience of this psalm, the one who would be singing it, um, an answer for what it looks like to go to our God rather than to the pagan gods. So apparently like legend are that these gods would often fall asleep and particularly in your time of need would fall asleep and you had to like wake them up from their slumber so that you could call on them in the time of need or the space in which you need help. And so in verse three, the psalmist is going to go on starting here for several verses to just remind us that our God is different than the pagan gods. Our God is one who will not slumber, who will not sleep. Our God is one who is as close to us as our own shadow, kind of the shade at our right hand is how it's framed up in verse five. Um, we'll, we'll start with verse three and then kind of, kind of go from there. He says, he will not let your foot be moved. Our, our God will not let your foot be moved. God who keeps you will not slumber. Again, like these pagan gods, he who keeps Israel will not slumber nor sleep. Kind of reinforcing like our God is not going to go to sleep on you. And then kind of ends with the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Again, God is closer to us than even the shade at our right hand, the shadow that follows us wherever it is that we walk around. As we continue on in verse six, we see yet another kind of subtweet at these pagan gods. The pagan worship that was happening on the hills would have been thought to protect you from like different types of things. So if you fear the sun, 
feared kind of the heat on your journey, then you would have prayed to the sun god. If you feared the darkness and um, you know were particularly worried about this time, this season in which the night sky is only lit up by moonlight, um, then you would go to the moon priestess. You would maybe buy um, a stone to be able to kind of help protect you from the fear that you have of um, the moon. So kind of the next verses, six and seven, are going to directly address kind of this anxiety that is happening here. Um, Saying, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Then continuing in verse seven, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Um, Lastly, the psalmist kind of closes with one final reminder that our God, the Lord, is our help. The one who never leaves us um, by saying in verse 8, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Friends, um, this is a psalm that just has a beautiful kind of rhythm of call and response. Asking a question at the beginning, from where will your help come? And then gives a reminder throughout the fullness of the psalm. Kind of saying, if you are looking for help in the hills. And for all of these reasons, the hills, the pagan gods that you are looking to for your help are only going to just end in disappointment. In fact, like their God might just be asleep when you are going to God in your time of need and asking for help. And the psalmist is reminding us that we don't, we don't have to look to the hills for help. Because we have our God, the creator, the maker of heaven and earth, the God who does not slumber or sleep, the God who is with us, that keeps us, the God that is closer to us than even our shadow. Um, It is this God that we can look to for help. We don't have to look to the pagan gods. So friends, ask us this question again. From where will your help come? We choose our help to only come from Google and other finite human beings, or will we choose our help to come from God, creator, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who does not slumber or sleep? Too often, I feel like if I am in a space or a season where I feel like my help can't or does not or will not come from outside sources, if it can't or doesn't come from Google or even from other people, then I, instead of, you know, turning to God as I should, I try to find like a third way. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this just has to come from my own self. I'm going to muster up like the ability to do something and try to just like make it happen (laughs) on my own uh, rather than kind of turning to God and asking for for help from the one who can give us an ever-present help. So I hear in the psalm today, and I hope you will also hear this as well, almost an invitation to relief, to set down the heavy burden that we've been carrying that actually is not ours to carry because we are not the ones who have to seek out our own help, but we know that our God is there always and ready and willing to to help us. I hear in the psalm an invitation to look to God rather than the hills, an invitation to look to God rather than just trying to make the best of um, whatever it is that I can find on the hills, as Eugene Peterson says. Friends, it can be so easy to think to settle for something less. It can be so easy to look for help by 
so many other things uh, rather than going to God. It can be easy to disengage with our feelings, to um, look to help in food or Netflix to kind of numb out or even exercise to kind of keep us kind of busy or productivity or busyness or like drowning ourselves in our work um, such that we never have to kind of deal with or address kind of the need or the situation that we find ourselves in. Um, it can be so easy to make the best of these things to just settle on something or someone that is less than God for our help. And yet, my hope for us today is that we can accept the invitation of our God to find help in our God, to rest in the one in knowing that our God is the one that we can always call out to for help. When we go to give something a goog or when we go to ask somebody else for help or kind of reach for another cookie or another Netflix episode or um, whatever it is that we kind of turn to for help um, that is not God, we might pause and wonder for a moment, you know, what is it that I'm looking for in the hills? What is it that I'm looking for in a place or a space that is less than God, that is not ultimately going to meet the need that I recognize that I have in front of me? I wonder what would it look like for us to offer ourselves and our need to God in that moment. My hope for us is that in the midst of this space, in the midst of that vulnerability, that we would recognize that we are not a people that can limit God. We often limit our own imaginations, but God's imagination for what is possible uh, is far different than our own. Um, so let us recognize that we can seek our help and our refuge in our God, um, that it doesn't have to be a problem that we feel like we can solve before we can offer it to God but we can offer whatever it is that we need to, that we are seeking help for to our God, knowing and trusting that our God hears us when we pray, our God hears us when we call, and is right there, closer to us even than our next shadow. Therefore, we don't have to settle for lesser things. Amen. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Verena area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Verena United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.